Oh, good morning, Eastgate Church. How are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you're in love with Jesus today, let me hear you go. Whoop, whoop. There's my church. I'm ready to have some fun. Hey, uh, can we just show some love and appreciation for Jonathan and Rebecca leading us in worship this morning? Didn't they do a great job? Love it. Hey, and while we're saying hi and thanks to people, can we give a big shout to everyone watching online today? Guys, thank you so much for joining us online. Hey, if you would, uh, just take a second while you're watching and click that like and share button and help us spread the word out there and get as much exposure as we possibly can so we can let some people know about the love of Jesus. Guys, I'm so ready to dive into this message today. I can't wait. Look at the person next to you and say, get ready. ready. We're going to have some fun. You have fun in church? Yeah, you can have fun in church. Hey, if you're a guest this morning, welcome to Eastgate Church. We like to say when you hear your family and your home. So welcome home. Welcome home. We're glad you're here. Kick your shoes off and relax as long as your feet don't stink. If you got some stinky feet, then keep your shoes on and do us all a favor this morning. But we still love you one way or the other. <laughs> hey, we're in the middle of a great series called Unshakable. How many of you guys has, would say that God has been speaking to you through this series that we've been in over the last few weeks? Hands up. Yeah. A lot of people saying that. Um, why are we taking time to go into this? Because we want our walk with God to be unshakable. Unshakable. Because life throws a lot of stuff at us. Right. You know, and here at Eastgate, we, we want to make sure that everybody is set up for su- success in their walk with God. And we want to make sure that we're not just throwing stuff at you. How many of you know that it's great to hear good preaching and all that, but it's great to have some practical stuff too that actually makes sense that you can put to work in your life on a day-to-day basis, yes. you know? And that's what we want to give you. We want to make sure that you're equipped to live this life at the high level that God has called all of us to live this life and to be successful in this spiritual walk. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and go to the book of Matthew. This has kind of been the the foundational scripture for this whole series that we've been on um, and building a solid foundation in our walk with God so that when life hits and the enemy attacks, that we don't stumble, we don't fall, that we don't lose ground in what God has called us to do and who God has called us to be. Matthew chapter 7 Starting at verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's where I want my life to be, on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against it, against the house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. We want to build our foundation on the rock of the word of God. Okay, but Jesus, when he's saying this, he put a qualifier in this for us. He says, listen, it's not just enough to know the word of God. He says, if you want to build your life on a rock, you've got to not just hear these words of mine, but put them into practice in your life. Okay, so it's not what we hear and it's not what we know. It's what we do that makes the difference. Okay, you've got to work it in order for it to work. Okay, everybody say you got to work it. For it to work. You got to work it for it to work. Now look at the person next to you and say, hey, work it, baby. You got to work it. You got to work the word of God in your life and put it into action. Because if you don't, then you're going to be like this dude in the book of James where he says, hey, your faith without works, if you're not putting it into practice, it's dead. It's not doing you any good because you got a head full of knowledge, but you're not giving it a chance to work for you in your life. And we want you to be able to put the word of God into action in your life so that you can reap the benefits 
of the word of God in your life. I was talking to this guy the other day and uh, just talking about life in general. And he's like, hey, Pastor Josh, I, I just got a whole lot going on in my life right now. How many of y'all could relate with that? I just got a whole lot going on in my life. And that'd be honest, man, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed and just overpressurized by all this stuff that's going on. I feel like I'm scattered in a hundred different directions and there's just not enough of me to go around. And I, and I, I'm working and I'm trying to provide for my family, but it's like it, no matter how much I work, I'm never able to get ahead. And we've always, it's like we, something happens or we got more bills and we got money and I always got the financial pressure on me and I, I'm, I'm not able to get ahead with that. And, and my wife's working too. And, and we're putting in long hours to make this stuff happen. But because we're putting in long hours and trying to make this stuff happen, it's, and, and, and the pressure on us financially is just pushing down. It's just, it's creeping over into our marriage and we don't have any rhythm there and we're always butting heads and fighting over stuff because we're always exhausted and we're always trying to, to push through. But every, every once in a while, we just run out of patience with each other and one of us just snaps and we're fighting over things that really don't matter and the stress is working its way into my relationship with, with my spouse and I'm seeing it carry over into my relationships with my kids and I'm not always there for them like I want to be able to be there for them and they're not doing as good in school right now as I want them to and I feel like a failure because my kids aren't doing great and I'm not able to be there for them like I would like to. I just, I feel like I'm, I'm working myself crazy in so many different directions but I feel like I'm not getting any traction at all. I feel like I'm a big failure in life because my marriage is struggling. I'm struggling with my relationship with my kids and I'm not able to provide like I want to for my family and then to throw all, all just other stuff onto the pile of things that are going on in my life. I just, we, our furnace went out on the house the other day. So now I got to figure out how to pay for that going into winter and we don't have the money to do it. So now there's more financial stress because stuff is breaking. And I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. And I, I, he's like, I feel guilty because I had to make a choice to pay to get the stuff fixed instead of giving in the offering like God wants me to. And I'm so scattered in life that I can't be in church as much as I want to. Like I want to be there and I want to be in the house of God. But because of all this stuff going on, I feel like I can't be there. And it's like Sunday ends up being like the one clear day of the week. And I feel like that's the only window I've got to get any kind of FaceTime or one-on-one -on -one time with my spouse or my family. And it's just, everything's out of rhythm because I'm feeling guilty for not being at church and guilty for not being with my family. And I feel guilty because I know I've got a call of God on my life and I'm not able to serve at the church like I would like to because I'm busy with all this other stuff. And I just, I just feel pressurized and just stressed out with my life, man. And I know it's not supposed to be like that. I love God, but can he help me figure out what's going on in my life? You ever had a season of life like that? We just scattered all over the place. Me too. You know, there's different seasons that, that you come across in life. And there are times when God will stretch you and he'll put you in a place that's uncomfortable and you feel like things are just out of whack, but they're really not. He's really leading you into new territory. That's not what I'm talking about this morning, though. 
talking about just life in general, like everyday, day-to-day life, when it hits, a lot of people feel scattered and pressurized and pulled in one direction or another, trying to keep up with all that because at the end of the day, there's just not enough of us to go around. And here's my thing. I like for things to make sense personally. Like when I read the Bible, I like for it to make sense. And when I'm working on projects, one and one is supposed to be two. And I like for the answers to match up like they're supposed to and, and all of that stuff. And, and I'm, when I read the Bible, and I don't know if you guys have had this thought, when I read the Bible, it talks about how Jesus came so that we can have life and have it to the full. And it talks about how we can have the, the joy and the peace in our lives that only can come from Jesus. And I see those promises in the Bible, and then I see my day-to-day life, though, sometimes. And I see that they're not matching up, and I'm not operating in that joy, and I'm not operating in that peace. And I don't have that confidence in me as I'm dealing with some of these situations like I would like to have, you know? And I'm like, what's missing in this? Because the Bible says that I can have all of this stuff, and I love God, but it seems like some of those things are out of rhythm in my life. Have you guys ever felt like that before? I think way too many times I felt like that in my life. And I was talking with this guy, and I said, well, let's, let's start working backwards on this problem. Because sometimes if you look at a problem, if you work backwards with it, you can usually find the source or the issue of the whole thing. You know, like if uh, your car is running rough or it's skipping, or it's not running like it's supposed to, you don't just go in and grab the the engine and replace the whole engine just because it's running rough, right? So you do a little bit of investigation, and you try to figure out what's out of place and what's not working in the system to make it not run smooth like it's supposed to. And it could be that instead of replacing a $4,000 engine, all you need is a $3 spark plug. And so when I feel like things are out of rhythm in my walk with God, I hit pause and I back up and I look at, okay, all right, the Bible says that I can do this, I can be this, I can have this, but I'm not feeling this in my life and I'm not seeing this in my life right now. So um, one, one big assumption that I got to, to make from the beginning is that the problem's probably not going to be with me or with God, it's probably going to be with me. Because the word of God is 100% accurate 100% of the time, right? Every prophecy that's in the word of God has come true without fail. The word of God is always true. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. That means he's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere. So a dude with credentials like that is probably going to get it right more than a dude like me is what I'm thinking. So... Let's start backing up with this because we, we, we all say we feel like this from time to time. I think, first of all, let's, let's start by addressing a mindset that a lot of people have. Is most people, if we're honest, most people believing that God can handle eternity, they just don't think that he can handle the day-to-day stuff. Like there's a disconnect there. And if I'm not careful, I can go there pretty quickly and I have to watch out like myself, you know, um, to make sure I don't go there. Um, because God is God in eternity and eternity is eternity and heaven is heaven. But I'm here on this earth 
dealing with my problems, dealing with my bills, dealing with my situations, dealing with my children, dealing with my business, dealing with all the stuff that's going on, my relationships. And if I'm not careful, I can think, well, God does his God thing up there and I'll do my thing down here and I'll find myself carrying more weight than I'm supposed to with the situations in my day-to-day life. Not like responsibility or just daily concern because you can't not be concerned about what's going on in your life. But there's a step further than that, though, that we tend to go because we want to just hold on to those reins and fix things ourselves and work out the problems on our own beyond where we're supposed to, where we begin to get burnt out, overwhelmed, stressed out, and spiritually fatigued. And God doesn't want us to go there at all. He doesn't want us to go there at all. And Jesus actually dealt with this. Uh, and this is one thing I love about the Word of God. One of the things I love most about Jesus is that he, he doesn't just like show up and die on the cross and pay for our sins and then get out of town and sits up on a throne in heaven and watches us live life. He gave us his Word to give us instructions so that we could be successful in this thing called life. And he didn't leave us alone when it comes to dealing with the pressures and, and, and all the moving parts of daily life. Jesus actually spoke to it and gave us a strategy to help us stay in line and to stay in check so that we don't get to that place where we're burned out, stressed out, overwhelmed, and just drowning in life and feeling like we don't have victory when he died to give us victory in our lives. And in Matthew chapter 6, he, he starts to to break down this process, and you guys probably know this, this, the, the, the scriptures in, in Matthew 6. He's talking about, hey, um, don't worry about this in life, and don't worry about that in life. I got you. I got you. I got your back all the way through. I got you, okay? You just focus on me and keep me first, and I got you. And I love that promise that if we put him first, then he's got us. But he speaks a whole lot, though, to this condition that we find ourselves in when we're dealing in our day-to-day lives. Like five times in this passage, he says the word worry or deals with worry in Matthew 6. He says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about where you're going to get food, where you're going to get clothes. Don't worry about these things. He keeps saying worry over and over and over again. And in the Bible, especially when Jesus is teaching or talking, when you see him using the same word a lot in the same passage of Scripture, it's that way so that we stop and we pay attention to it because there's a message inside of the message that he's giving us. So inside of this message to seek him first and to trust him and he's got our back, there's another message inside of it. And it starts with the definition of this word worry. Because when I think about worry, I think like an emotional response to things. But worry actually means, when Jesus is using it here, to be torn in two. To be torn in two. To be pulled in opposite directions, one way or another, so that there's a ripping and a tearing on the inside of us. That's not an emotional response, and that's not like a cognitive or like a, a, a thought process kind of response. It, it's kind of part of it, but it's more of like an internal tearing, like a heart tear on the inside at a spirit level. There's a tear there when we worry. 
because we're pulled between two different things. So when Jesus is talking through Matthew chapter 6, we'll go to verse 25 here. He, he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Is That is why I tell you not to be torn in two about everyday life. Whether you've got food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food or your body more than clothing? He's breaking it down like that. He goes, you're having a problem with putting your trust and your faith in me and putting me first because there is a tearing inside of you and you're torn into between two different sides. And you can't really understand this without going backwards to the beginning of this thought process that Jesus is giving the people here. So we're going to jump backwards to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. You guys with me so far this morning? All right. So Jesus is talking here, and he's, he's, he's breaking it down a little bit before he gets into the seek me first and, and my kingdom, and I'll, I'll got your back on all that other stuff. He says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. So we got light there. When your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. So there's darkness. So you've got a contrast there between light and darkness. And then Jesus throws a curveball here. And he says, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And if I was sitting there listening to Jesus, I don't think I would know what my name was at that point. Because he's like, okay, light gives light to your body. The darkness puts you into darkness. But there is a, a light that you think is light that's actually darkness. You're like, what, what are you talking about? Darkness, this light, light, this darkness. I, then he breaks it down a step further and he says, no one can serve two masters. You'll hate the one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. So he goes from light to darkness, to darkness that we think is light, like a mixing of the two. And then he says, hey, you cannot serve two masters because you're either going to side with one and neglect the other one or hop over here and be with this guy and neglect this guy over here. There's going to be a pulling inside of you because you're trying to go in different directions. And eventually what's going to happen when there's enough pull there's going to be a tearing that takes place. Then he goes a step further with this, and he says, hey, uh, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, this kind of throws me a loop here, because you would think he would say, you can't serve both God and yourself. Now, I could get that. Or you, you can't serve both God and and Satan at the same time, you know, or to even go so far as to say you can't serve both God and the world at the same time, but he breaks it down. In some translations, he says you can't serve both God and mammon or money, and it's not so much the money itself. It's the system that the money represents, okay? He's saying you can't serve God. You can't do both 
serving God and doing it his way and being caught up in the system of the world and doing it that way. You can't mix the two together because if you do, there's going to be a conflict somewhere along the way and you guys are going to be conflicted, pulled in different directions because you're gonna try to do things God's way, but at the same time, using the world's methods, and it's not going to work. You can't get those two systems together. Then he starts where we started. In verse 25, he says, now that I said all of that, that is why I tell you not to be torn in two about everyday life. Or that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. See, that's the big secret there. He's, I'm telling you guys, don't get torn in two about this thing, okay? Because what you're going to do if you're not careful is that you're going to stand on your relationship with God and try to do things your own way, incorporating the way that you used to handle your problems and the way that you used to handle your situations and the way that you used to handle conflict and friction in your relationships and the two are not going to match and you're going to burn yourself out trying to stand on the truth of the word of God while you try to handle things the way that you used to. It's just not going to work. You can't serve two masters. You're going to be torn in two. That's where you're going to get stressed out. That's where you're going to get overwhelmed. That's where the world is going to bury you alive because you're, you're standing on a promise, but you're not activating the promise because you're not using the principles and the priorities of the word of God to keep you in obedience along the way. You're trying to use an old school method for a new school solution. Make sense? And I think this is where the deal is. This is where I land. Usually when I start to feel overwhelmed or stressed in my walk with God, it's usually because I'm stepping out of bounds a little bit and I'm trying to carry more than he wanted me to. And I'm not applying the simple things of Scripture that I know that can resolve the, the, the problems that I'm facing in life. And Here's what I found, that if a situation in life causes us to go from practical concern to worry, it's because we're going in two different directions at the same time. I, I can be concerned about my child not doing well in school, or I can be concerned about some kind of friction with my wife. I can be concerned about what's going on at work. That's just called being an adult and being responsible. But when there's a shift from that, and I take things from the hand of God that he's supposed to carry, that I'm not supposed to carry. That's when I step over into worry because I am deactivating his priorities and his principles and I'm activating my will and my strength. And at best, at best when I do that, I'm going to have me for a solution. That ain't just going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. And there's just stuff in life that we can't carry. There's stuff in life that only Jesus can carry. He said, my burden's easy. My yoke is light. You know, he, he's, he's the one. He says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. But when we don't do that, we're carrying stuff he never intended for us to carry. And we put ourselves in a bad situation. Now, I got a little illustration to break this down a little bit further for you. Russell, Mark, if y'all will. 
go ahead and bring this out. Because it's one thing to hear something, but it's another thing just to be able to see it, you know. And I need a volunteer this morning to help me out with this. Oh, Kelly, you got to come back up here, girl. You're not in here every Sunday, and I need some help with this this morning. My wife, Kelly, is a puzzle master, so this may backfire on me. We'll see how this goes. All right. So, in life, there are things that we say are important to us. We call those things priorities, all right? Like family would be priority. Um, Your relationship with God would be priority. My relationship with you would be a priority in my life. What am I talking about? You look good, by the way. Now that I made everybody awkward. One of the things they say you're not supposed to do as a pastor, don't ever talk about how smoking hot your wife is. It just makes it weird for everybody. Well, it usually works out pretty good for me when I do that, so I'm going to say my wife's smoking hot. so. So in life, though, while we have those priorities, there's a lot of static that we've got to deal with. There's a lot of time robbers out there that take away our time, right? Like how many of y'all have ever just sat down or you laid down fixing to go to bed, but you pick up your phone one last time to look at it, and the next thing you know, 35 minutes later, you fell into a Facebook hole, or you just answering messages, you know, and stuff like that, you know, little, little time robbers that you don't plan on, people that come in and they ask you for favors and do things and all that stuff. So here's some static that pours into our lives. And it looks like sand. You ever get caught by people that's like randomly call you and then they ask you for advice and you had to have phone calls with people that you weren't expecting to have phone calls with? Stuff like that. Yeah, all right. Little things like that. Uh, The kids break stuff in the house that you weren't expecting them to break and now you've got to fix it. Yeah, a whole lot in that. So there's a lot of stuff that happens in life that eats up our time, okay? We're always focused on our time. We've got to manage our time, find a way to have more time, 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 all right? So what happens is, is that our life gets so filled with these distractions and static and us caught up with trying to deal with these things that it eats up time and only leaves us so much freedom when it's all said and done to do what we feel like is really important in our lives. Now, I've got a lot of different stuff written on some of these rocks. I want you to try to fit all of these rocks into this container with all of the sand in here. And I'm stacking the deck against you because you're the puzzle master. You can't make me look bad this morning, but try to do it. So what did you grab first? Work. You grabbed work first. That's a big one. Here, I'll help you out. Family time. So work and family and boom. You're rest. Rest. Rest is a good one. That's about the size of my rest. Health. That doesn't go in yet. Serve at the church. That was important. Church. Yeah. Yeah. Church is important. Fun. Spouse. It's like you're now you're stacking it up though. You can't go too high past the rim. See, now you're already out. Yeah, this is where most people feel like they're at in life usually because like you left out go to church. That's great for a pastor's wife, huh? So she left that out. Nice, so 
go to church. But how many of y'all feel like that from time to time? There's so much going on. There's so, so much happening that this right here can become a challenge. You know, if you're not careful, um, you left out the kids. That's great. Now I'm a single dad, I guess, taking care of the kids at home. Golly, I'm married to a chick that doesn't go to church and has let me raise the kids. Walk with God. She left that out. We need to talk, don't we? I mean, you got work. You got Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm having fun. And then health. Yeah, I get that because, I mean, come on, really? Yeah, just not. Health is important. Um, but time with your spouse, work, fun. How many of y'all have time to have fun? Know what I mean? Not many people, but how many of you have time to work? Uh, yeah, that's why this rock's so daggum big. Um, what do we got in here? Uh, family time. So between work and family time, which is incredibly important, man, that eats up a lot of what we perceive as being the time that we have. And then you got serving in the church. Most people have a hard time even coming to church, much less serving in church. And I get it. It's because schedules are just so crazy right now. And you would think with all the shutdowns and all that and things slowing down a little bit with COVID-19 that it would have changed the pace on some of that. But I don't know how it works in your world, but it's like my workload doubled with what I do because of what's going on, you know, because things became that much harder to take care of. Ooh, rest. Let's just pause and look at this one for a second. How many of you get enough rest in life? Yeah. Man, there are times when I don't feel like I do. You know, but I get it because there's, there are seasons where things are busy. And there are seasons where you got to handle stuff, you know, and, and take care of business. But life should not be like this 24-7, 365, like our daily life, our day-to-day life. Shouldn't be like this. But I feel like sometimes that it can be if I'm not careful. And usually it's because of all the noise and all the distractions and all the time stealers that come in that we give place to. And they rob us. The same is true with our walk with God. Because God has a list of priorities that he asks us to live by. Biblical truth in the word of God. And if we're not careful, all this sand, and it's funny that it's sand because it's perfect for the the core scripture for this whole series, is we want to build our house on the rock, not on the sand. You know, all this sand, all this distraction, all this trying to handle things the way we've always handled them and all this doing what we see everybody else doing and all this, the way mom and dad, the way the family did, the dysfunction and all of that, it eats up and takes the place of how we're supposed to prioritize the word of God. And this is why we feel overwhelmed because we spend so much time trying to fit the God stuff on top of the foundation of the sand in this world stuff, and it cannot work this way. What Jesus is saying in this passage of Scripture is this. You cannot have it both ways. You can't serve two masters. So what you have to do first is this. You have to choose the priorities first. Don't worry about managing time. Time's just time. You set your priorities, and you let your priorities determine what you spend your time on. Now, if I were going to back up and say, put all these in this now with no sand in there, go for it. So now you got your family time. I know. There's your walk with God. See, my wife got saved all of a sudden because she's doing this stuff right. 
Spouse. Spouse. Uh, see, I'm loved. I love that. Early this time, go to church. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, for real though. Now, look how much extra space is in here. All this stuff. Now, when all this craziness in life happens, all right, we can still deal with it and still process through everything, keep our peace, and function the way that the Bible says for us to function and not get overwhelmed with this stuff and not let it choke out the core foundations and the rocks, the stones we're supposed to be building our life on according to the word of God. And when we do that, guys, we get peace. We get peace, okay? Because this doesn't affect the foundation that we've already set, okay? You're not serving two masters. You've made your choice. You made your decision. And now, now, you can step into that beautiful place where Jesus says, I got you. I got you. You're not wearing yourself out trying to fix stuff on your own anymore. I got you because you're trusting me and you're walking in obedience to my word. All right. Uh, Russell, Mark, if y'all will come grab that. Give Pastor Kelly a hand for helping me out this morning. So, Colossians chapter 3. I want to look at this and, and just show you real quick as we get ready to close this morning, how this all plays out. Because when we line up our life with biblical priorities and we do this first, something happens on the inside of us, Colossians 3 says. I'm reading out of the Amplified version of the Bible just to give you a glimpse of how this works. It says, and let the peace or the soul harmony which comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That soul harmony. So now we're no longer torn now we're no longer pulled in two, but now we're operating in the peace of God at harmony within ourselves. So no matter what life throws at us, we're able to stay at peace inside of us. So let it rule in your hearts, <clears throat> deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one body you were called to live and be thankful giving praise to God always. So when we live our lives according to God's priorities, I know y'all are saying, wow, you took all morning to say we should live our life by God's priorities? Yeah, I took all morning to do it because it's not about what you know. It's about what you're putting into action in your life. Same's true for me. This is it. When we do things God's way and we live our lives according to his priorities, then we have access to the promises of the word of God. And we have a reassurance that we can't have any other way because if we do things on our own at best, we're working out our solution. But if we do things God's way and trust him, there's no conflict or pulling inside of us because we've got a peace that knows that we're doing our part and God's doing his. See, it's our responsibility to set his priorities in our life, but it's his responsibility to keep his word. It's our part, it's our part, our responsibility to make sure we're living his priorities. It's his part, 
It's his responsibility to keep his word. So there's a peace that comes from that that I can't get any other way. So knowing, you know what? I know that I'm living my life the way the Bible says to live it. I might not be perfect, but I'm living spiritual priorities and principles in my life. And because I am, I know without a shadow of a doubt now that I can count on God to handle and resolve all the issues that I'm facing in my life. It changes where we put our butt in the sentences that life throws at us, okay? Because a lot of times when things are backwards and we're trying to fix things on our own, we try to say stuff like this. Look, I know God's my provider, but I got a lot of bills and I don't know where I'm gonna find the money. I know God's my healer, but the doctor just told me I got cancer. I know the Bible says that, that God is the way maker and he can open these doors and make a way. But man, this looks, these giants are pretty big that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I, I know the Bible says that God will never leave me or forsake me, but I, I feel so alone right now. And I know he's got a plan for my life, but I feel like I'm just not getting any traction anywhere. See, when you're operating on the principles and, and you make the, the priority of the word of God number one in your life, it flips that butt around and you can say, you know what? I might not have all the money that I need right now, but my Bible says that God is my provider. The doctor just told me that I got cancer and I didn't get a good health report, but I know my God is a healer. Yes. You know, I, I just got laid off. That's fine. I know my God will provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I, I feel alone right now, but my Bible says that God will never leave my side. See, when you get it right, you have the confidence of the word of God to stand on and you operate in a peace. You operate in a peace that can only come from him. See, that's how, that's how you live that life and have life to the full that Jesus says that we could have. He says, if you just do things my way, if you do things my way, all that pressure is off of you because all you got to worry about is this little bit and I got the rest. I got you. Another way to say it is this, that God takes full responsibility for the life that's fully submitted to him. God takes full responsibility for the life that's fully submitted to him. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. There ought to be some amens right there. There ought to be some amens right there. Somebody needs to be shouting right there because I got some good news for you. Listen, doesn't matter what situation you're in right now. Listen, God takes full responsibility for the life that is fully submitted to him. Okay, doesn't matter how bad the deck is stacked up against you. God's the majority in every situation. He takes full responsibility for the life that's fully submitted to him. Hey, are you stressed out? Are you overwhelmed? You feel like life's just pouring in on you? Hey, maybe, maybe it's just a season that you're going through. Maybe God's stretching you. Or maybe it's time to work the problem backwards and let's find that little spark plug on the engine and let's get some stuff back in line. Maybe we need to take a look at our lives and say, you know what? Is my life fully submitted to him? Because if it's not, then... There's no way you can be operating in his peace right now. There's no way. At best, 
you're wearing yourself out trying to make things happen on your own. Everyone bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning.